Hi, my name is Esther, and today we'll be talking about the 1973 Pascagoula abduction of Charles Hickson and Calvin Parker. Keep listening to find out what the hell happened. Whoa, did you just get off that flying saucer? What flying saucer? The one you just got off of? There's no flying saucer. I'm pretty sure I saw something. You didn't see anything. Are you guys also drinking beer? Who's you guys? You and the the little creatures that let you off the ship. Creatures? Yeah. Ship? Yeah. I just got a ride home with a couple of buddies. What do you want me to say? Oh. All right, well. Call me next time and let me know where you are. Hi, welcome to What the Hell Happened. I'm here today with the ravishing Mr. Lockwood. Ravishing. Yeah. (laughs) You're not divine anymore. What does that mean? Uh, I don't know, but you're it. <laughs> mm. Hunger inducing. No, not like ravaging. When you, see me, you feel famished. I'm ravishing. For you? Yes, for me. Yeah, I feel famished for yeah. you. Yeah. I don't know. That's about what ravishing that. means. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you have that one. I'll let you believe that. <laughs> now I want to look it up. Extremely attractive, entrancing. Yeah. Exactly. You feel famished for me when you see me. <laughs> okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Nope. Now I'm just put off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you get conceited, it makes you less ravishing. Conceited? Yeah. Chicks dig confidence. <laughs> would you like to hear a story? Yes, I would. You would? I have been told this is a fun story. Well, and I will be disappointed if it isn't, just like everyone else listening. Well, if I know you, it's going to be an eye-rolling story. <laughs> Let's call it that. Might not be fun, but it'll definitely roll your eyes around a little. Well, if I get bored, I'll just start having fun at your expense. That's fine. Doesn't cost me anything. <laughs> All right. Well, today we are going to take a spaceship back to the 1970s. You know, they did that in a Star Trek movie. They did? Well, they didn't go back to 1970. They went to 1980, I think. What? Remember when they had to pick up the whales? Oh, oh yeah. That was one of the bad ones. Yeah, you say it was one but of the bad like ones. we like it because we were little kids then. But I loved it. it was it. awesome. I still like it. It sucks now. No, I like when Spock jumps in the tank and he's swimming around. There's some funny moments. Yeah, and when he brutalizes the guy on the bus with the boombox. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. When they're peeking out of the door and they have the cloaking device on and the one guy runs into oh. the yeah. Like the foot of the ship or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's great. Nucleo Weffles. Yeah, I definitely Bass- definitely love me some Star Trek. Yeah. I'm, I'm more of a Trekkie than a Star Wars yeah. person. Me I, too, now. It used to be. No, I like the original Star Wars. 
you know, the old ones back in the day, like yeah. the original three, but I have fallen out of love with all of that. Hate me if you must, but I didn't even mind the new Star Trek movies that much. They were okay. Member berries. They were they were bearable. They weren't good. Are we gonna start this story or I what? don't know. I don't know where to start. See, we just went off on the member berry trip. We did. Now we're back. Now I'm confused. <laughs> Okay, so today's story is the 1973 Pascagoula abduction of Charles Hickson and Calvin Parker. Pascagoula? Pascagoula. So here's a picture of a map. Which, Not Pensacola. No, Pascagoula. Pascagoula. Yes. It's, but still in Florida? It's like Pensacola's ugly sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Mississippi. It's down right next okay. to Florida. It's still Pensacola's ugly sister. Do they call it the panhandle? I would call this the taint of the country <laughs> is where this is located. Uh, Pascagoula, Mississippi is located on the Gulf of Mexico. So in a normal situation, I would give you like some town history, but I'm not going to do that. Why not? Because I don't, I don't think we need it. I think we need to get right to this story. On the 11th of October, 1973, Sheriff Fred Diamond was in his office when at around 9 o'clock p.m. two men came to the front door. First of all, that's an awesome name for a sheriff. Sheriff Fred Diamond. Sheriff Diamond. It sounds very 70s, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. I wonder if his outfit had, like, sequins on it. Probably. Yeah. I bet he had a sequined sheriff hat. Are there any casinos in Pascagoula? Mm. He could be a casino sheriff. Ooh, maybe. I don't know. They're I'm, a little flashier than normal. I would think there are casinos in Mississippi, right? Gambling was weird back in the, the day. In the 70s? It was a lot more restricted than it is now around the country. Oh, okay. Well, then he... <laughs> this sheriff wasn't having that much yeah. fun then. He did have a fancy hat. <laughs> so the men were in a panic and banging on the door for someone to let them in. Sheriff Diamond recounts that they were tearful and crying. He lets them in, he lets the men in, and leads them to an interview room and begins to question them. A wild tale begins to unfold. The two men are 42-year-old Charles Hickson, a shipyard foreman, and his co-worker, 19-year-old Calvin Parker. Boy, these sound like some characters. There's a picture of those oh, wow. two. Yeah. This is Charles Hickson, and this is Calvin Parker. Oh, I thought the bald guy was a 19-year-old kid. Boy, you're not as smart as I no. thought you were. Charles and Calvin were out along the river on that early fall morning doing some fishing and just enjoying their day off. The fish weren't biting, and having been there for a while, Charles tells Calvin that they should pack it in and head home. As the pair pack up their gear, they hear what they described as a faint zipping sound. They turn around, and with their backs toward the river, saw a round object about 40 to 50 feet in front of them. Why is Hold it? On. Okay, so they say how far away it is, but they don't say how big it is? No. See, that's always a thing that's missing yeah. from a lot right. of these accounts. There's always these missing detail. I agree. Charles says... It was some kind of craft, you know. It looked like it was gonna come right out onto the ground. 
The object neared the ground and stopped about a foot or two above it, hovering in place. The craft had blue pulsing or flashing lights. Coronal discharge. What? Sounds disgusting. Well, it's kind of like other sorts of discharge, but with electrons and Um, heating the air. Basically, air turning into a plasma around the object, and then it glows. I don't think I like the word discharge. (laughs) (laughs) We can create that with machinery easily. For instance, the spark of a spark plug, that's a form of coronal discharge, I think. Oh, yeah? Maybe. The spark of a spark plug? Yeah. It flashes blue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How about when you touch the uh, the jumper cables together? Yeah, that's, that's a spark. Is it a discharge? Well, it, I mean, basically it's the spark. What you see is the air turning into a plasma. <laughs> is that a what? I know. All, all I think about was what kind of discharge would you get if you hooked them to your nipples? <laughs> so gross. <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> speechless. I'm speechless. You got me already. Uh, yeah, but not with like a fact or <laughs> anything that's of value. No, not anything <laughs> of value, I don't think. This was my sheer grossness. Well, they say they uh, they used to torture people in Vietnam by hooking up nipples and other body parts to the uh, the radio battery, which was kind of a higher voltage. Oh. They'd shock people. That sounds awful. You were just laughing a minute ago <laughs> yeah, well, about it. Yeah, well, it was funnier. You didn't think my... it was real then? No. No, <laughs> I thought I was just making shit up. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one that thought of that. Now it's just scary. <laughs> uh, Charles recounts, we didn't know what to do. Seems reasonable to me so far. <laughs> With the river behind us, the craft out there. Oh, it pinned them to the river. Not knowing what it was. Yeah, it pinned them to the river. Mm. It did want to catch them. I mean, if em. you were going to, you know, corner some, you want to corner them, right? Yeah. Even the aliens know that. I'm pretty you sure. You don't want them to get away. No, but I'm pretty sure if, it, if a UFO landed in front of me and there was only the river behind me, I would jump my ass in that river. Yeah, I would too, probably. Yeah. If, if I thought they were coming for me. I'm out of here. I'm swimming downstream see i think if they just show up right in front of you and they just land right in front of you and it's a little bit rude it's a little too forward you know if you go it's like standing too close to a stranger in the the grocery line like i don't know if you've ever had to ask a stranger for something that you kind of need a little favor you don't just run right up to them and, and just go hey can i uh can i borrow your you know what i mean you don't do that you no know? you kind of go oh hello there excuse, and you sort of wave excuse, excuse me, me. Yeah. sorry to sorry to bother you if the aliens don't kind of do that a little bit yeah you know for sure their intentions are bad well yeah i mean they just zoomed down yeah. and they were like get inside yeah well it's let's yeah. go i mean there's always a chance that they do the kind of the hey sir, sorry to bother you there you know i'm just an alien and i, I just kind of want to wanted to say hello <laughs> like they can still have bad intentions, but at least they're like. My you name know. is Zip Zop Zop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were just wondering. Yeah. We, we saw you down here fishing, and we couldn't help but notice. Yeah. That um, do you have the time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't. That means we're abducting you. 
Get it? Yeah. That's a good joke. <laughs> You're barely laughing. Onward. Are you crying? <laughs> Onward. I am not crying. Oh. <laughs> okay. The pair were stunned by what they were seeing and just stared in complete confusion. Just then, an opening in the craft appeared on the side facing Calvin and Charles. As it appeared, the blue lights on the ship that had been flashing seemed to stop. At the same time, some source of light was coming from the inside of the opening. The light was described as almost blinding. So they turned on the dome lights, <laughs> they turned off the exterior lights, yeah. and they got out. I mean, we have blinding LED lights now, so, you know, yeah. we could easily do the same thing. Well, in the 70s, apparently, a really bright light inside a UFO was, like, something, you know, yeah, real. Yeah, really, really bright lights were not as common as they are now. Right. When we were kids and we had flat, those, flat, remember those really cheap plastic flashlights that Oh yeah. That had the big D cells the, on The them. D batteries, yeah. And you could turn them on in the most pitch black night, and you couldn't even see five feet with them. No, they were so they were bad. They were so bad. <laughs> That's what flashlights were like in the 70s. Yeah. So do you think that they were more um, in complete shock and awe about the lights, or about the spaceship? I feel that the bright lights are mentioned often. Yes. And it could just be... That's all anyone describes, right? Whenever they... Yeah, it's always the bright lights. Yeah, or how many, or what color, yeah. or if they were flashing, or strobing, or, yeah. you know. It's always some kind of description of lights. But I guess when you mostly see UFOs in the dark, that's what you see. Yeah. It seems like uh, this account was broad daylight, which is pretty wild. Yeah. No reason why not. I guess not. That's you know. one of the curious things. Do aliens abduct during the day, only after lunch? I would think they would abduct whenever they felt like it. Just driving by, kind of like a, like serial yeah. abductors. They're like, hey, that guy looks It'd good. It'd be a lot easier to abduct during the day. You think? Yeah, there's a lot more targets around. Well, yeah, but they just break into houses anyway and abduct you right out of your bed. Oh, well, see, then they would just do it during the day. Just wait till you walk out your front door and then get you. I mean, maybe they like to be scary, though. That's why they do it at night, because... I don't think they would care. So you think they're equal opportunity abductors? That wouldn't matter to them at all. Okay. All right. Well, I just wondered. I wanted you to weigh in on that. Well, I mean, you know, when scientists are studying some species and they go and capture them with their darts and stuff, they always pick the time that they're most likely to see their target. Yeah. Whatever's easiest for them, that's when they go. Yeah, but, I, I mean, yeah, I, I guess if you're, you know, out in the field, it'd be a lot easier to just drive yeah. by and suck you up rather than breaking into your home, trying to find you in the dark. Yeah. and, like, it seems that they have this ability to just make you frozen where you can't move. That seems to be very widespread, talked about. That's the thing. So they could just do that to you in the day, anytime. Yeah, well, it seems like they do. So why bother getting out of your ship and walking up into someone's house and then... <laughs> right grabbing them out of the bed when you just wait till they get home from work at six o'clock yeah they just snatch you up or if they're polite they say hey excuse me yeah we're yeah. gonna need you to come with us <laughs> <laughs> uh they could see shapes in the light of the opening coming towards them well the light wasn't that bright then <laughs> if they weren't fully illuminated if the light was that bright they wouldn't be able to see anything 
Maybe they were only using D-cell batteries. <laughs> yeah, but they said earlier it was like blindingly bright light. Right, right. Now they can only see shapes. Yeah, and now they can see mm -hmm. stuff. So Charles says that at first they kind of look like people at 40 feet away. So okay, and? Humanoid shaped. I, I don't know. As they approached, Charles said that it was the biggest shock he's had in his life. Ready for this? He says that it seemed like as soon as they saw the creatures at the opening of the craft, that they were instantly feet from them. So he says as soon as the door dropped on this craft or the opening appeared and they laid eyes on the outlines of these creatures, it was within an instant they were right in front of him. So, I mean, that would be a little scary. So they were moved in front of the craft or these no. creatures just moved very quickly? Yes. Towards them. Yes. So as soon as the opening was open and they saw the outline. Yeah, so they were fast. Fast. Yeah, okay. Fast or just, I don't know, they were already being affected by the creatures or the, okay. the beings. What did they say? What maybe they, they just don't have time to waste. Were? Maybe they're, maybe it's well, the. if they're trying to catch you, they ought to get you quick. Well, yeah. Yeah. But why didn't they just beam them up? I don't think that's how it works. I think they have to like get you into well, the in this opening. Story, maybe they couldn't beam them up, could they? Why not? They had a ship. Just because you have a ship doesn't mean you can beam people up. Wow, that's stupid. <laughs> kind of aliens are these? <laughs> I would think molecular transportation would be harder than anti-gravity technology. Okay, so these ones gotta like come out of the ship. So they and... could be in between. Where oh. you just got anti-grav propulsion, but you don't have transporters. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were just in a time crunch. I think it was like the end of their work shift, and they were like, "All right, we we gotta we gotta hurry this up. This is the last one of the day, Ralph." What if this is their what they do for lunch? <laughs> Maybe they have some other job, and this is just like wait, Rand wait, like Randy's they... got a human collection. Like they eat. No, no, they're just you during mean... their lunch break. This is their hobby of collecting humans, and they pin them up just like people pin bugs. Or do they put us in like pickle jars? Same thing. Yeah, I don't really like thinking about any your, of those. Maybe they just this one's got a fascination in spleens only. <laughs> he just takes people's spleens. This is my collection of human spleens. It's like, well, we know they don't really need them, so we just grab spleens. Do you think that gets him the ladies? No, he's, a, he's <laughs> one of those nerd aliens that the ladies have no no interest in the spleen collecting. <laughs> the like spleen collector alien. Oh yeah, gosh. he's a little a little beta. You know? Yeah, but no, but nobody's. I don't know if anybody's ever claimed that they've come back without a body part. Usually, they come back with more things you in them. You wouldn't know if you were missing a spleen. You wouldn't. No. Well, if you went to the doctor regularly, you probably well, would. Know. Yeah. Doctors wouldn't even bring it up. Because they would just they assume would just you'd assume had it you taken had out. out. Oh, that's true. Because a lot of people haven't. Unless they've been your doctor for your whole life. What if it's tonsils? Yeah. Do you think that... Uh, you just take people's tonsils. <laughs> you think Ralph's got a tonsil collection? <laughs> Adenoids. Something really weird. Yeah. <laughs> something you don't need. No. Something you would never miss. And in fact, if, they, if he was collecting adenoids, that would probably help a lot of people out. Yeah. Could breathe better. I think that's what adenoids are for. <laughs> I don't know. I know my brother had a problem with them when he was a okay, kid. like tonsils. Yeah, yeah. There's something like that that you don't really need, but some people have. Some people don't have them. Yeah. Well, we got alien abduction solved. It's not even their day job. It's just some guy got a hot on his lunch break. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going metal detecting on yeah, your lunch break. Exactly. 
Just looking for one. Charles goes on to describe the beings to Sheriff Diamond as five foot, two inches tall. They didn't have a neck and the head seemed to go down directly to their shoulders. Um. They were running backs? <laughs> Your face was so funny. Why five foot two? I don't know. Why not just, they're around five foot. I don't know. Just the, the fact that they, they're their neck and their head go right into their shoulders is like in my brain is the funniest sounding thing ever but wait there's more description they had a pointed nose like protrusion coming from the center of their face and the same long pointed protrusions on each side of their head where their ears would be except longer than the one on the front of their face so they kind of look like one of the monsters from Hellraiser Sure. <laughs> I think I've seen that movie once in my yeah. life. Well, there's many of them. Yes, I know. There's like eight Hellraisers. Yeah, I don't think I watched all of them. No, I don't think I no. have either. No. So there's a little bit more. The beings had arms that bent pretty much like human arms would, but the fingers, with the exception of the thumbs, were fused together. Or the term Charles used was welded, like the fingers were welded together, but the thumbs were loose. Okay. Which, how are you doing anything with welded together fingers? It's like wearing mittens. How are you performing procedures? They had mitten hands. Mitten hands. Why didn't he just say they had hands like mittens? Wouldn't that have been an easier description? He works in a shipyard. Everything's welded. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So you want to see a drawing of the creature? Yeah. There it is. (laughs) here's here's another one (laughs) i like that one better (laughs) i like it's very 50s monster movie uh monster the weird um things on let's talk about its head first The, the weird ears i'm using air quotes the ears and the nose they look very similar. There are no eyes of any kind. And yeah, I don't know. It's, he basically has, like he said, welded together fingers, but it looks like claws. Mm-hmm. They look like crab claws. Its feet are interesting. It looks like it has two big toes. But the rest of the body, the torso, the legs, and the arms are, all, just a human. are all pretty human looking. In fact, the first drawing even has crotch. That thing's got a package. Oh yeah, it is packing. Like, if it were wearing tights, it would have, yeah. And look in this first image how elongated the torso is, and the legs are really, really short. And in my notes, it said that he said the creature was five foot two. Well, and in this drawing... approximately six foot. Yeah. Lots of discrepancies Mm -hmm. in this one. But that's kind of a cool creature, right? I've never seen one with weird protrusions. So what you're calling ears, those cones, they could actually be the eyes. Like bugs that have... Eyes on the uh, ends of their like... It could be like, like a projector for like a microwave, radio wave projector. Basically a radar. Millimeter wave radar. Yeah, radar ears? They could... Eyes. Oh yeah, radar eyes. But they're where their ears are. Well, it's because they project out from the edge. 360. Not straight out from the tip. But huh. the ed- it's like an antenna. Okay. So it's sideways. Well, my question is, this creature either can't hear or can't see. But it Maybe does... Maybe it could be ears and eyes mixed together. Could be. That'd be interesting. Maybe there's three eyes. It's yeah. It's in all directions of vision at once. Huh. I like that. 
can see all the way around him. Sneak attacks. Okay. No sneak attacks for this guy. Sneak up on that one. No. Not even from the top or bottom or anything. The other thing I think is really funny is this is a pretty well sketched out drawing. And then there's the mouth. Just a slit. Yeah, it's just a line. A little stick figure. But like, he said it didn't have mouth. mouth. This guy hasn't said anything about a mouth. No, he right? hasn't said anything about a mouth, but the mouth looks the same in both. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a straight. Yeah, like if you drew a smiley face and just put a straight line from maybe the mouth. Maybe it's not that's... even a mouth. Maybe that's its asshole. I mean, maybe that's what it listens through. <laughs> We have no idea what, you know, just because we have features and places does not mean that they're in the same places in a different species. I would think, though, if you saw anything that resembled an organic creature, like that's organic. Yeah. It's going to have a lot of things that you're going to know that it must do. There must be an in and an out. Do you think? Yes, it's going to have to take in nutrients or energy or whatever somehow. Yeah. Continue working. It's going to have to get rid of them. Are you talking about pooping? Yep. I thought so. If it's organic, it's going to have those things. So, depending on what it takes in, it may may be like us. You know, we use both gas, gases, and other, you know, solid things to metabolize, to stay alive. Right. You could have creatures that maybe don't need to breathe because they eat some magical creature from their planet that has everything they need to live, you know? Yeah, that would be... That would be weird. There's a lot of things that any biological creature, no matter how alien, it would probably have a lot of characteristics. Yeah. That what we would think of as animals would have. Um... I did read somewhere else, Calvin, I believe he said that the creature looked like it had elephant skin. So just that, really thick skin? Just wrinkly, weird. Mm. Yeah, elephant skin. I don't know. This is a bizarre looking creature. This isn't any kind of alien I've ever seen depicted. But no. you're right, it does look very 50s sci-fi. Yeah, it's like a 50s monster movie, monster. I mean, that's a drawing. It's you know, kind of cool. I like it. Maybe just whoever drew that kind of had that aesthetic that they liked. Yeah, they... I, I dig it. I think it's kind of cool. So the aliens grab their arms, uh, one of them on each side of both men. They are levitated up off the ground and ushered into the craft. So as the aliens are grabbing each arm, they kind of hover up and then hover in. They put them on a invisible dolly and just wheeled them on the ship. Yeah. But if the aliens have to grab you, it's they must be telekinetic. Or they have some device, projector device, that they control. But if it was a device, and what I mean is like the ship itself has some kind of, you know, tractor beam in it or whatever, that's creating that field. The creature, if they did have a device that did it, the creature would need to grab you. It would just... Suck you in. Just pick you up and move right. you. So it must be the creature that has this capability. Yeah. And it has to, for whatever reason, have to be physically touching the person. So that'd be the only reason they'd grab you, right? Right. And we can't assume that, that it's a spacesuit that is doing yeah, that. Yeah, it could be. But, but it's not, because these guys are naked. Oh. Like, they're straight up naked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, even people, again, going back to nature scientists that are, you know, studying creatures alive... When they go and pick up even, like, a little bird, they still use gloves. You know why? Because they don't want that bird to hurt them. Because it could. I mean, maybe very remote chance of that, but they don't take the risk. Bit by a squirrel, it hurts. But in all alien abductions I've ever heard of, the person is, like, completely paralyzed. 
Yeah, but that doesn't mean these aliens aren't at some form of risk when they do this. They would. They most certainly would be. Yeah. Some form. It's always going to be that one guy who's immune that's to immune it. Immune or whatever, and you know he's going to leaps out of bed and grabs a shotgun. Yeah, or scratch him or poke <laughs> him in the eye. I mean, I'm sure they have sensitive spots too. Yeah. You know. Well, he does have a crotch. And if you're if you're job as an alien is to abduct people you're doing it a lot because you're studying humans you would have to be doing it hundreds if not thousands of times like anything if you do it enough times you're going to see the crazy weird stuff that happens and you know you might get hurt so you're going to be right i just feel like more precautions would be taken by these aliens yeah you know i suppose psychological part of the story is they're just so much more advanced than us that they have nothing to fear from are us. they really because they look like they have three dicks on their head <laughs> <laughs> i mean you definitely would want to protect those should somebody be immune yeah, I to uh you wouldn't want to be to paralysis no <laughs> don't touch my dick nose <laughs> oh those those are my dick ears how do we know those aren't reproductive body parts maybe they do everything because you said that they have they that they would most likely have all the ins and outs that i would think we so. typically do i think it would be a very high likelihood of that if they're organic what is the likelihood that you would have three of them and also what is the likelihood that they would be on your head uh that's something you couldn't what's say. the biological advantage to say. having them on your head i mean the thing about biology is is you can create just about anything with it so <laughs> you could create a, a, a creature with three dicks on its face i can't even look at this picture anymore it's bad maybe all, those I, all the, I can see is maybe dicks. those are the field projectors that when they grab the people they project the fields with them <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I I am speechless. I see where you're set. I have I have no idea, but now when I look at this picture, it's all I can see. It's good. You get at home. You should look it up. It's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> they uh they're levitated off the ground and ushered into the spacecraft. Inside the craft, they don't recall seeing any tables well, or chairs. Well, you don't know if it's a spacecraft. Craft. Did he see it come from space? Now, where did it come from? Does it take him into space? He don't know. Well, then you can't call it a spacecraft. No. You don't know. I guess as far as he knows, he just went in and came right back out. It never... Yeah. Like, what if it's an Atlantis craft? An Atlantis craft? Yeah, it wouldn't be a spacecraft. It'd be a watercraft. Or what if it came from the center of the Earth? Then it would be a dirt craft. Oh, it'd be a magma craft. It'd be a uh, regolith craft. Yeah. Crust craft. A crust craft. <laughs> I don't think you want your craft to be called a crust craft when you have three dicks on your face. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ladies will think you're dirty. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so uh, they get inside the craft and they don't recall seeing any tables or chairs. So that is something that he... So these creatures are uncivilized. Me, that is, yeah. That's pretty much what he's saying, yes. They're uncivilized. They describe being leaned back and an object that looks like a large eye, like an eyeball, starts scanning them up and down the lengths of their bodies. So he doesn't say that they are laid down on a table. He just says that they are leaned back. Right. I'm assuming leaned back against a wall or something. If they were 
they just lean back? They're in these suspension fields, right? I guess. I think it just seems like these beings, they were in a real hurry. They didn't even bother laying anybody down. Like, they were trying to hustle. What do you think they're- efficient. What do you think their day job is? Collecting, I don't know, observing humanity? I mean, but is that like what all of them do? Nobody has any other kinds of jobs? Or do they just all observe humanity? Well, the ones that are here. Oh, that's true. I guess they have a whole planet <laughs> that they could be doing I mean, other I'm sure things some on. some of them have janitors. There's someone that's a janitor yeah. on the ship that doesn't just collect humans or doesn't at all. No. They just, you know, janitor clean aliens. the ship. <laughs> they probably fix the ship. How jealous would you be if you were a janitor alien? And then the other guys got to have all the, all the fun with the humans. Maybe it's no fun at all. Yeah, maybe it's not. Maybe it's a dirty job. It probably is. Yeah. These creatures, if they're advanced, they probably have very long lifespans. So it's probably like the starting out kind of job. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you end up doing it for 100 years. By a, by a hundred years, you're like, God, I'm so tired of doing this. Well, newbie, you're on yeah. human duty. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm sure there's other planets that they, yeah. after they get done with the humans, they go somewhere else. You're on specimen collection yeah. duty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you think watching us is bottom rung? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we would be. It's either bottom rung or, or it's top and it's the easiest not job. top, no. No, it's not no top? Way. Okay. They, they would not. The fact that they would find us interesting at all would be remarkable. And would, and the lowest tier of their society would be assigned to, like, <laughs> observe us. In a way, that kind of makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty... We're a lot closer to bacteria than they yeah. are. Let's just say that. As much as we all think we're special, yeah. we're actually just... We're basically like... Sea cucumbers. Yeah, sea cucumbers. No, they're like sea cucumbers. No, we are. <laughs> Have you ever seen a sea cucumber? Yeah. Oh my god. My mind is somewhere else today. <laughs> it's bad. Okay. So, the eyeball is scanning them. Mm -hmm. Any idea of what this eyeball thing could be? Yeah, it's an x-ray machine. You think so? Clearly they have all these, you know, they have command of the electromagnetic spectrum. So, it would just be a be like an MRI slash x-ray slash cat scan. You know, it'd probably be one of those TSA gun scanning machines. Everything <laughs> just all mixed into one. Yeah. Terahertz radio. I don't even know what you're and saying it, it anymore. It would just scan you on every spectrum all at once just to see everything about you. The nice thing is, is if it just did that, they would, know, they would know everything they need to know about you and they could just let you go and that'd be it. Catch and release. Catch and release. <laughs> I like that. All right, so the next thing that they remember is being released from the craft. Charles says, I wasn't dropped from the craft. I was let down. They didn't kick him out of the craft. Just, like, <laughs> throw him out like a couple of like bouncers throw you out of the bar when you've been fighting. He was gently lowered okay, to the ground. So, so what if it was... Okay, so if it had to have been up then, so it was flying... Why would so, it have to be up? Because he wasn't dropped out of the craft. He was lowered well, down. Well, said the craft was a few feet off the ground. I mean, what you just described takes like 13 seconds. So they just grab him, scan him, put him back out, and leave. You're right. Why it would they have to fly away? It doesn't seem like it took that long. But, it's I mean, that's, that's all he can remember, though. I mean, it could have taken longer. I don't see why I would. Yeah, I didn't read anything about him saying how long of time they were missing. Sounds to me like they are missing about talking thir about 13 that they seconds. They were conscious the whole time. 
Uh, no, he said he just remembers bits and pieces, and I'll get I'll get back to this oh, conscious okay. thing in a little bit. Upon reaching the ground and trying to stand, Charles says that his legs were so weak that he was unable to stand. He looked up and he saw Calvin standing, facing the river, looking towards the sky with his arms extended out and upward, and he was completely still. Fire in the sky. Now that's a different story. (laughs) Yeah, but they have him posed just like that. Yeah, yeah they do. He says that the otherworldly beings never communicated with either of them in any kind of way. So there was no message, there was no, don't worry, we're not going to hurt you. There was nothing like that. That's That would be consistent with if they were collecting species and letting them go. Just not talking to them? Wouldn't even bother. Well, we're not worth it. Not worth the energy. Well, if they can freeze you solid and just yeah. do what they want with you, they don't need to communicate with you. Well, maybe they can't communicate because a slit in their head is their poop hole. If they have control <laughs> of gravity, they communicate. Okay. Where do you think their mouth is? <laughs> <laughs> right there, that little slit. You think so? Yeah. Where do they poop from? Same place. Oh. Ever seen South Park? Stop it. That's gross. Blech. Okay, so here is, <laughs> this is his original drawing okay. of the creature. It's very, Not a bad drawing, really. it's pretty similar. Yep, and then this is what the spacecraft looked like, and it's pretty much looks a like flying saucer. Yeah, I mean it. It looks like a five-year-old typical version of one. Drew it right. It's got the typical kind of dome top saucer shaped, and then it's got like two two circles on the front. I'm not sure if those are supposed to be lights or windows or the what the, or the opening. Right. But there's two of them, so I'm not really sure. Now, the fact that he drew it sideways like that, maybe it's not sideways. Maybe that's the way he saw it. Maybe. Because we did We did just see a picture that looked like that. We did, didn't we? In the book. Hold on. Was, uh-huh. it, was it in this one? Uh-huh. <gasps> Hold on. What a freaking coincidence. I went to this bookstore today that's right down the street from my house, and they have used books, and they're all piled up, and so, of course, I went digging for the most random things I could find, and I found this book called Flying Saucers Here and Now by Frank Edwards, which I haven't read yet because I just got it today. Published in 1967. Published in 1967, and there is a picture of a UFO in the middle of this book. That is flying. Is it the same one? Flying vertically. It's similar. But I I commented to Mr. Lockwood about it because I said, oh, this is weird. Um, oh, yeah. That does look similar. It's like the same thing. I commented to Mr. Lockwood about how I was holding the book on its side, and he said that's not how it was flying. It was flying the way the page is, which would be 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. From what it normally would be. Well, what we, yeah, for whatever reason, we all think they fly that way. That's really, really weird. Now I definitely have to get on reading that book because I I wonder if... Well, that's where I'm saying. This story is from what? These? 73. This is 67 this book was out. Yeah. And here we're looking at this... Oh, Charles. Picture. The jig is up. It looks very similar. Not the same. Not, not, I'm not saying it's the same, but it is similar. It's odd that we saw UFOs, like this one's a photograph in the book, and this other one yeah. is what Charles That's drew. That's much more similar. And I have never seen a UFO depicted flying vertically like that. 
or hovering vertically like that. Um, that's weird that that we saw both of those within like an hour. Coincidence. Strange. So here is a picture of the river where they were, where they were fishing <laughs> off of. Big bridge. Yep, there's a big so bridge right there by it. Looked like it. they were not just. My impression when they you started the story was they were kind of isolated. No, away. This no. This is like out in front of everyone. Yeah, there's like boats coming yeah. and going and stuff. And then here's another picture. That's him right there. So right there's the bridge. Area. Yeah. Now there, I think that there were like woods and kind of like sure. fields and there. stuff where the craft landed on that side of it. But it seems like someone should have seen possibly something. Certainly, certainly possibly. According to everyone who saw the men that evening, they were very shook up. Calvin was especially upset and looked to be crawling out of his skin. He kept telling Charles not to say anything because he was afraid the beings would be angry and come back for them. Now, he was 19. If this actually happened to you, you would be terrified. I don't care what age you are, you would be scared, right? So this 19-year-old kid... I don't think so. Especially a 19-year-old kid. You're the only person I know that wouldn't be scared. <laughs> After that happened, you'd be like, you'd never believe what happened to me. Well, I and think that's... And you went to the police. Like, of course, you're, you're going to tell everything Well, you saw. I, I saw an interview with the sheriff, and uh, when he talked to Charles, that's pretty much what he Charles said to him was, I, I want to tell you something, but you're going to laugh. Yeah. And the sheriff said... Oh, no, you can just tell me. I won't laugh at you. And then he said, uh, I just got abducted by aliens. And the next thing the sheriff said was he laughed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. But uh, I don't know. I know that I would definitely be scared. I would be terrified, especially if I were a kid. This guy was pretty much a kid. So, but it seemed like he was paranoid that if they even talked about it, the aliens yeah, would are, somehow hear them. Aliens. Right. <laughs> and they'd put a hit out yeah. on him. <laughs> don't, talk, don't talk about what Come back for kid. him. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little, uh, I mean, I can sympathize, I guess is what I'm saying. Like in this story, in this circumstance, I could sympathize with that for sure. However, the deputies were skeptical of the pair's story and set out to prove that the story was, well, just that, a story. Detective Huntley was put on the case and at one point left the interview room to see if he could catch them in the act of lying with a sound-activated recorder hidden in a table drawer. Let's see just what... leave them in there. Yeah, just leave them in there together. Talk. Mm-hmm. See what they say. If they had a scam going, they would... Make sure their story yeah, was straight sure. real quick. Yeah, yeah. So, Standard interrogating techniques, sounds right. like. After reviewing the recording... Detective Huntley was somewhat shocked to hear one of the men saying prayers over and over again, and the other one said, quote, After all I went through on this earth, why should I have to see something like this? That's pretty much the only thing he heard on the recording when they were left alone, was they were still in a state of disbelief it seems like yeah okay so so far they're i think they're acting like you would if you were abducted by aliens this is how i would well, act i agree they're <laughs> acting how they would how you would act if you were abducted by aliens yes but does that mean that they really were abducted by aliens but i also no, i also question <laughs> why you would go to the sheriff's department. Yeah, uh, what I also are, wonder why you would do that. Why? What are the sheriffs gonna do? That's uh, 
They're probably going to shoot them bastards. Either that or they're going to ridicule you. Yeah. Uh, it's no it's no wonder to me why Calvin was like, why don't you just shut up? Yeah. And yeah, we'll I just agree. not tell anybody about this because I want to be able to get jobs in the future. You know what I mean? But it seems like Charles was ready to spill his guts about this thing. Yeah, it's hard to, it's really hard to know what motivates people. Yeah. Yeah, I would think if something like that happened to me, I just, why would you go to the police? What are you going to do? What are they going to do? I'd go to a There's psychologist. Really to my first my first visit yeah. would be to the, the therapist. I need you to regress me because I need to see what really happened. You know, that could, <laughs> you know, maybe that's something that's really happening out there. Is that anybody who's really, really been abducted doesn't talk about it with anyone. But then anyone who talks is like... A faker. Doesn't actually know what's going on. Yeah, so then how would you ever know if it's really happening? Yeah. Have you ever been abducted by aliens? Not that I know of. Yeah, me neither. Even if I were, I'd never tell you. Oh, I, I wouldn't want to know. <laughs> I w- I'm sorry, I asked. <laughs> All right, so after hours of interviewing, the detective believed that the men were being fully truthful with him. He did not think that they were trying to deceive him in any way. They just didn't come off that way. Still, there would be doubt among others if not fully investigated. So, Detective Huntley sent for a lie detector expert to come and test Charles and Calvin. Detective in like 1540 (laughs) dropped some crystal in the room that he was interrogating some guy. And hooked up some jumper cables. You hear this? That's a lie detector crystal. (laughs) And he's got like some way to make it do something whenever he wants them to see that when it's jiggling like that. When it glows pink. It knows you're lying. (laughs) That's the whole, that's what a lie detector test is. This is the truth crystal. It's a psychological trick. Just because they put electrodes on you and do all this fancy shit, it's still just a trick. Yeah. Basically, it's this. It creates a very small asymmetry between you and them, it makes yeah. it more apparent. Even if it doesn't work, what if it just works a little bit? Then you know you're hooked up, and it's gonna. You oh well, they might be able to know. I don't know, and they're all saying that they do know. If I lie, well, yeah, so, it's all just a big I mind game. Just, yeah, you could do the exact same thing with any device, right? As long as you could convince the person you were interrogating that it might work. Yeah, it's just, it's like a placebo. The the possibility that it works is actually the strongest part of the psychological thing. If it absolutely worked, there would be no need for it. Nobody would ever lie again. (laughs) We'd all be very truthful people. If it it might work, but might not, that's the part that makes it very effective. I'm with you, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's a psychological thing. In fact, uh, Calvin was subject to three of these tests, and all of them came back as no deception detected, so... Which means nothing. Yeah, um, we'll talk about this a little bit more in a minute. Um, Poor Calvin was put through it. They then brought in a man named Dr. Bosco, who along with other various doctors talked with the men to evaluate their mental state. Uh, It was Dr. Bosco's belief that as wild as the story was, and as hard as it was to take seriously, both Calvin and Charles were being completely honest and truthful. Whatever had happened to them, they they fully believed it was real. Charles and Calvin fully believed that what had happened to them was real. Everyone's got, got their own perception of reality, so... Yeah. So news broke of this strange tale 
and Pascagoula was pretty much thrust into the national and spotlight. Now we find the motivation for everyone to play <laughs> into this and play along. Calvin and Charles actually returned to work the next day as usual, but because of the calls their employer was receiving, they were forced to leave. Suddenly, there were papers and reporters demanding interviews, and the entire coast was lit up with the excitement and fear that came with such encounters. So here's a, a 1973 uh, newspaper clipping of the abduction. I'm not going to read it, but I'm it's proof. Yeah, it's I wanted there. to prove to you that there it was in the paper. There is a real newspaper article written about it. Yes. After this, Charles and Calvin kind of seemed to split ways and handle the events of the night very differently. Calvin tried really hard to stay out of view of the reporters and other curious questioners. Uh, in fact, he completely dropped out of sight for the most part, not wanting to recall or talk about the encounter at all. He was terrified beyond explanation of being re-abducted and wanted nothing more to do with it. 45 years after the incident in 2018, he re-emerges to give his side of the story. He was extremely upset with Charles because he wanted to talk and Calvin had no interest in letting anyone know because of the ridicule and backlash it may cause, costing him friends or even jobs. The interview he gave in 2018 said that after they had been released that afternoon after fishing, he went home, took all of his clothes off and threw them away, rubbed himself down with bleach before taking a bath. He said that he was afraid that because the beings were some other life form, that they may have exposed him to bacteria or radiation that could kill people here on Earth. That's a really interesting mindset to have, you know. I'm not sure I would have thought that you may have, but when I read that, I thought, wow, that's... Yeah, but that's his story in 2018. Right, 45, 40 years, to 45 years to think of it. And, you know, we were, like I was teasing you this morning about our memories and everything. I mean, haven't you ever listened to some story that you're someone that you know well as you grow up, they tell it over and over. And as you it get changes. older, the story changes <laughs> yeah. and it changes and it changes. Yeah. Well, the same thing could happen easily. Hold that just thought. Saying, no, just, just, just hold it because I, I got more for and you. come up with explanations as to other, you know, worldly explanations to all this. So the, the other thing that I want to <laughs> point out is that he says he took off all his clothes and threw them away because he was worried about some bacteria or radiation mm-hmm. why well, the world style yeah yeah okay but if you're worried about that wouldn't you like burn your clothes not just put them in a bag and send them to the landfill they're still on the clothes is throwing them away enough i guess is that my, that's my question i suppose well if you went to it maybe he was just worried about getting him yeah i don't know he says that he was selflessly thinking of the millions oh. of people on the planet here's the kicker Calvin eventually started a company called UFO Investigations to produce television stories about UFOs. Calvin's a sellout. (laughs) Well, did UFO investigators ever do anything? Is there ever such a thing? Well, y'all can look it up whenever. Well, now he's recalling other things. Oh, he's written for TV shows. Yeah, he's still alive, right? See, he said he was abducted again in 1993. Which he figured out because he was 
hypnotized to find that out. Ah, see? Regression. Yeah. Well, I don't... Does that count if you don't actually remember it? No. On your own? No, it doesn't. No, because that just means somebody put that memory there in your brain. Okay, continue on. Do your eyes hurt? I just... Yeah, okay. (laughs) From rolling them? Well, it's just... (laughs) It's fine, you know? Make some money. (laughs) I mean, why can't he? (laughs) That's true. All right, so you want to hear about Charles? Uh, yes. You could act excited. Just quit right now. No, no <laughs> might as well. You know what's coming. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> you can assume you know what's I, coming. No, well, you tell me what's coming. Okay, so Charles. Let's time travel through this paragraph together. <laughs> so Charles, on the other hand, uh, is more accepting of what happened and allows interviews and recordings to be made of his account. He even did lectures and appeared on TV. In 1983, he authored a book called UFO Contact at Pascagoula. So, Charles says, I think there's a reason why Calvin and me was picked. I think that they knew more of what's going on down here on this earth. And I don't know, there might have been, you might say, look for someone that, um... That could, um, you might say, hold up under the strain and, uh, convince people that, um, that there is other world and that there is some kind of other life on it. Sage words. (laughs) Am I being too mean to Charles? No. Okay. (laughs) I didn't think. He's a public figure. I didn't think it was too mean. Right, right. As mean as you want. Hi, my name's Charles. I'm a public figure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start introducing myself that way. (laughs) Hi, my name's Esther, and I am a public figure. Stand-up individual. (laughs) Yes. I'm a pillar of this radio community. Yes, I am a worthy human being. (laughs) Ooh, that's what I should say when I meet aliens. Hi, my name's Esther, and I am a worthy human being. I'm pretty sure I can hold up. Yeah, they haven't abducted you yet. I don't know why they'd abduct this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you feel a little jealous. Yeah, I am a little jealous. Oh, don't be I too jealous. I have a lot of questions. I know. You have a lot of questions all the time. Well, imagine if you were an alien. You maybe should have married someone who can answer some of these questions. Like an for alien? You. Yeah, because I ain't it. <laughs> You're kind of an alien. Oh. I will take that as a compliment. <laughs> You're an odd bird. I know. <laughs> You know what? As long as you're an odd bird in a good way, not a bad way, it's totally fine. Just depends who you ask. That's right. (laughs) So, um, Charles passed away September 9th, 2011. See, I was wondering if Calvin... He came out to talk after Charles was gone. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that maybe that's... Yes. Yeah, because, well, he died in 2011, and... Uh, Calvin came out to talk in, in 2018. Well, looking on the internet here, there's Calvin has been a little more busy than that. He He's busier he's done, than... He's done some other things earlier. Yeah. Even he, in the 90s and 2000s. Yeah, he was busier than a lot of these accounts that on yeah. that he was. Oh, yeah, he had some side projects going yeah. on. He had a side alien hustle. And, you know, I, I feel like maybe there's a... There's a cyclical nature to these UFO things. They wane, they wax and wane in popularity and popular culture. 
So, you know, every 10 years or so, you can come out with your story, and now you got a fresh audience that's dying to hear a new story that they've never heard. Right. With no real concrete results. So right. then it kind of dies out. The market, you know. Like you said, 25 years passes. Then, then a generation, a new generation grows up. They've never heard any of this gotta stuff. Gotta come out. They've with read new, about it. Gotta come out with new stories. You know, but then the old stories work just as well. Maybe when Calvin reemerged in 2018, he was like, man, it's been 45 years. I'm going to show back up and be on the news and new people will be interested in this story. You'd have to do a lot more research to put that together. Yeah, I'm happy just assuming that's the case. (laughs) (laughs) Others saw objects in the sky that same night. So here's an account by a man named Larry Booth. He says that he got up. Um, turned his TV off and went to the front door to see if it was locked. This was obviously at night. He, He didn't say a time. But as he glanced out the window, he spotted an object floating above the street light. It was completely silent. Where This is in Georgia on the coast? Mississippi. Mississippi. How many people do you think locked their door in the 70s? Not many. I bet none. All right. So, I don't know, he said he got up to lock the door. But when is this account from, you know? Is it his recollection of This one was taken very close to when it happened. Because there were other people calling and reporting seeing stuff. He said he opened the door to step out onto the porch to get a better look. And as soon as he did, it took off. Larry says it was round and it had lights all the way around it. The lights were turning, he was very specific about this, the lights were turning in a counterclockwise motion. It had a dome on top with a- viewed from the top of the craft or from the bottom? He was on his front porch. The ship was above a straight light. Okay. You be the judge. It had a dome on the top with a bright light shining out through the top of it. So that is what Larry describes which is not that helpful. No. But it's funny to me that he was real specific about it rotating counterclockwise. Yeah. Who pays attention to that? I sure as shit wouldn't. I would not be paying attention to what way it was spinning. I'd be like, everybody hide. Having read and listened to quite a few, especially interrogators, and them talking about their techniques and just police investigators and things. Eyewitness accounts. They're just so unreliable. Like you say, when you throw in a detail like that, like, oh, yeah. it, was, it was it was moving counterclockwise. You know, it's like that's not... When you yeah. see something that you've never seen before and it's just for a few seconds, the details that you have are usually just awful. Yeah, they're you very know? vague. It, yeah. was, it was round. It had lights. Yeah. The lights were maybe this yeah. color. Yeah, if you notice something like that. I know that because I was in the Navy. You're a genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what this guy's background is. Maybe he has some kind of background because he Storytellers was. Storytellers come out of the woodwork. He was older when they interviewed him, this Larry guy. And um, so I, I don't know. I just thought the fact that he noticed which way it was spinning was yeah. a little strange. You know, a trained observer. That that happens Maybe. too. Yeah. I mean, some people are just better at observing than yeah. others. Yeah. The next account uh, I have of that evening is from a woman named Maria Blair. Now, her interview did take place many years later. So Maria and her husband were across from the piece of the shore where Charles and Calvin had been fishing. 
She was across the river. So now we do have eyewitnesses. Yes. So this, That's what's going this on This woman here. claims to have witnessed, or she thinks it's what she saw. So she says that she was waiting for her husband to get on the boat to work offshore when she saw a strange blue light streaking back and forth. She had been staring at the sky when she saw it rise up in the sky. She claims that where she saw the blue light was where the two men were abducted from. Then there was a loud splash and the water was rippling. She looked down to see what looked like a person in the water just below her. The only person Maria ever told this story to was her husband, and he encouraged her to keep quiet about it. She believes that she actually witnessed the abduction. Don't be afraid. You can tell me how you feel. <laughs> uh, it's just if it's way after the fact, it's It's way after totally, the fact. I mean, when you mix things you've heard about this story for years and years and years yeah. in with the... Uh, kind of remember. Yeah, I was... I was looking across the river that day. And then you just mix these things in and it, and it just turns into this. I mean, it's just, so, you could never, it's just not credible. Right. And so to me, the, the part about this that stands out is the fact that she says that she looked down in the water and it looked like a person was in the water just below her. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, that is, was it a mer person? <laughs> like, who's in this well, river? Well, it wasn't Calvin. Was it a body in a bag? Like, <laughs> could we have some more detail on the, you know, what what is this thing? You know, like, I I'm kind of made myself speechless <laughs> with this lady. So I just have no words for yeah. this. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't even know. I did see, though, that when she came out and told this story, that her and Calvin actually met up on the shore of this river, the riverbank. They were discussing that night and the things that they had both seen. She said that she was so happy to be able to give some verification to Calvin's story. So to me, this sounds like he had a friend it's a production. Yeah, make up a story to verify So were him. They, they were in an interview together? So, yes. So they made it look like this is the first time we've ever met, and here we are. Yeah. Look, oh, yeah. I, I remember that too. Remember when this happened? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember Yeah, I was that. right across from the shore at the same time on the same day you guys were, and I saw this thing and totally verified now. Just remember, kids, if it's on a screen, it's fake. It's fake. Yeah. So, anyway, that's Maria's whatever story. I'm not really loving it. Uh, So, here's what the skeptics say. You'll love this section. Skeptics. You ready for this? I put some skeptics in here for you this time. Taking Uh, away my job. Yeah, well, you can, you know, tell me if you agree with them or not. Maybe I can be skeptic of the skeptics. Ooh. I I would do that. Double skeptic. I would do that. If you can skepticalize the skeptics... I don't know what kind of wizard you are. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty <just> good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that just makes you an asshole. <laughs> All right, so there were apparently discrepancies in the versions of the stories that Charles told over the years. Well, that would happen even if it was a true story. Mm-hmm. First of all, yeah. There I am, skepticizing the skeptics. You did it. I did it. You did it. <laughs> You're a real certified asshole that would happen even (laughs) if the story was true you're right though because 
we the said stories change a little bit ago the older you get and the further from the event your mind embellishes and whatnot it's just the way we work we don't we don't have tape recorders in our head yeah yep so he also refused to take a polygraph exam when it was offered so poor calvin took three <laughs> charles was like no thanks i'm good <laughs> Uh, which I thought was really funny when I read that. I was like, well, no, no. he probably no. knew it was horseshit. Yeah. It was. <laughs> yeah. And then you got the skeptic saying, well, he he didn't want to take this bullshit test that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So clearly. He's lying. He's lying. <laughs> right? Man. <laughs> okay. You're good at this. <laughs> Many who had interviewed or questioned Charles thought that his behavior was questionable and that his claims became more embellished and elaborate as time passed. So there you go. There were ideas that maybe he had fantasized the encounter during a, quote, walking dream state, whatever that is. I don't know if that's daydreaming or he had an out-of-body experience. I'm not really sure, but I don't know how you do that while you're fishing, while you're doing an activity. I have a feeling that that is basically what you said, but that's a era term for that phenomenon oh okay right yeah like during one of the cycles when that was in vogue yeah maybe it was called a walking dream state something like what we would call hypnosis or sleepwalking or yeah night terrors or yeah but he know. was fishing what is a walking dream state yeah what is a walking daydream? dream state I, how do you daydream something like that I daydream stuff all the time does it seem real to you? Like it happened? No. Great. It was probably some crank theory that was on 60 Minutes. Some guy <laughs> next on 60 Minutes. Dr. talks about walking dream states. <laughs> and how it might be affecting your life. But of course they use some provocative way, you know. It's like... Make sure. And how it might be affecting your cognitive decline. You know. Yes. I just feel like this is one of those woo-woo things it's, was a fad for a while so when the skepticism has a has a woo-woo thing in it as part of the reason that it, sh it didn't happen that's kind of disqualified uh, i hate to do that okay. again to you but, you're not doing it to yeah, me well this skeptic you're doing it to your fellow well, he skeptics. could have just learned it in a waking dream state well yeah. okay well that's not a thing so your so, whole criticism is invalid. Yeah. So he goes on to say, or they go on to say that in this theory about the walking dream state, that it seemed likely because when first interviewed, Calvin's only corroboration of the story was that he had initially passed out at the beginning of the incident and only regained consciousness when it was over. So according to Calvin himself, one of the first statements he gave to someone after it happened, like during these interviews, is that he passed out at the beginning and didn't wake up until it was over. So he wasn't... But when did he say that? If you notice, a lot of this is from Charles' yeah. viewpoint. A lot of it was not from Calvin's. Well, so that's not um, because Calvin was not... Like at the beginning. No, and I purposely left that out of the beginning because... I didn't, that was not the story oh. given by Charles. Yeah. Um, so Charles. Also, do you think a waking dream state is just hypnosis? I mean, yeah, basically. 
But I, I think that Charles was leading this charge, you know, and Calvin Charles was in charge. Yeah, Charles was in charge of the alien story for sure. Because I think that Calvin, if what he initially told them, and it was he he said very little, I think. I don't know that he wanted to talk about it at all, but he basically was like oh, I was unconscious, and then I woke up after. But then later it evolved into, yes, all this stuff happened, and then he, get, you know, apparently gets abducted later okay, yeah. again. So uh, that was the skeptic's reason for, you know. They're right. like, he, he, he told us, the first thing he told us was he wasn't even awake during the whole thing. So. Yeah. I don't really have a theory section for this. I have my own personal thoughts. You don't thoughts. have a theory? I have my own theory. I, I don't have do a list of theories. I do. And What's your theory? I, I will either tell you mine first, or you can tell me if you have one. If you show me yours, I'll show you mine. Okay, I'll show you mine. Uh, so my theory, ready for this, <laughs> is that Charles either accidentally or purposely attempted to harm Calvin, causing him to pass out. Maybe like a quick blow to the head that Calvin didn't even see coming. Okay. So uh, Charles freaks out after he knocks Calvin unconscious, and he makes up the story of alien abduction that he told Calvin when he regained consciousness. Being confused and young, he bought Charles' story. And the rest is UFO Where history. Where did you get that one from? I just made that up oh. because I, after I found out that he said he was unconscious, I was like, and Charles is doing all the talking, and the kid's just going along with it, and he doesn't Maybe remember Charles, Jack shit. Uh, really liked Calvin. I see. I uh, want to go there <laughs> because I just was like, uh, I, I just, mean, I don't want to think that if this the is. My brain did go to the idea that maybe Charles had done something not great to Calvin, and Calvin was so traumatized that he didn't want to talk about it. And he didn't want to talk about it, and he just made up the story. But I don't know why you'd go to the sheriff and make up a story about that. Wouldn't you just go home and go home and keep your mouth shut? You know. Uh, So my my theory is that Charles hit him over the head with something, knocked him out, decided, oh shit, I was gonna kill him, but I think I better not let him wake up, but in the meantime concocted this UFO story, which he, you know, when Calvin came to and said, hey, uh, what, what, the, what the hell, what the hell happened? Uh, <laughs> Charles was like, oh, dude, we were totally abducted by aliens. It was wild. You should have been there. Oh, wait, you were there, but you weren't awake. <laughs> you know, that's, that's my theory. So the odd thing is, is you've got Charles, the older man, Yes. He starts this thing. Calvin wants to stay out of it. Yes. Then after some years pass, Charles is all of a sudden starting to clam up about it. No, Charles never shuts up about it. And now Calvin is doing things about it. Charles never shuts up about it until he dies, pretty much. But Calvin wasn't. He got into it later in his life, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it seemed like he kind of quietly did his own thing, but not as to the degree as Charles did. Charles was very out there about it. it seems I like, think once he saw that Charles would get traction, and he kind of he was he, like, "Oh, he was like, well, I can do this too." Right. Is that your theory? Showbiz. Yeah. Well, what's your theory on what happened that day? What do you think? Two guys went fishing. They didn't catch much. They got back in their truck, uh-huh. they drove over to the sheriff's office, and they told uh-huh. a story. So you would say that your theory is it was a fish tail? Yeah. Yeah. 
And a whale of one. <laughs> you know how those fishtails go, right? A whale of a fishless tail. <laughs> nope, all they caught was some dick-faced Did aliens. <laughs> well, I guess I like your theory. Alright. It's amazing that there were so many people invested in investigating Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, doctors. Um, the one doctor said it was not just, you know, doctors. There were scientists that were involved in, in, you know, hearing the story and trying to figure it out. And then all the police and sheriffs. And it's pretty crazy. All right. Well, that's it. what the hell happened? I have no proof. <laughs> I never give you proof of anything. <laughs> I have no proof of aliens either. No. Oh. Yeah, well, I'm sorry about that. I really couldn't have one here for you. I really would like to see it sometime. <laughs> I really wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Want to say goodbye? Good night. Goodbye. Do you have a story that's weird or fascinating? Would you like to have your story read at the end of an episode? If so, please send your story to wthh.podcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing your stories. If you'd like more episodes and bonus content, join Patreon to become a member. If you liked our episode, please remember to like, rate, and review. Thank you for listening. <laughs>